The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> It sure is. This is the Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. <laughs> and I'm Nicole. I talked to her again. I did it. And I you almost did sang what? a little bit. I talked oh, you I spoke to her again and I almost sang a little bit. So Yep. Yeah. The sing song talk. Yep. Sing songy. That <laughs> of course now my cat feels the need to stand right in front of me. She's not sitting. Uh, uh boy oh boy. <laughs> we're here we are and this weather is very aggressive again uh, well right before this uh recording like right before we jumped on here i had a uh contractor at my house and he had his like notebook open on the floor oh. so i know it sounds weird but he was like on the stairs like on the stair steps kind of like, I don't know. And then his, he just sure. had his notebook set down like on the floor yeah. and, um, uh, Emma, my new pup, uh, she's extremely friendly. She wants all of the pets and she will step all over your things. Oh, them. turns out <laughs> she has no concept of that's something you shouldn't step on. Okay, cool. She's just gonna uh, storm through everything oh my gosh she wouldn't even let him write like i was like oh emma it's fine <laughs> if that's the worst of it it's fine i know it's just funny because i see your cat's head like poke up and i'm like if i was on the floor she'd be the whole screen because she gives <laughs> zero fucks about stepping on my computer or a stranger's notepad no anything yeah no there's no delicate there <laughs> no her and a little corgi wiggle butt oh my gosh i'm all so over excited it. i'm so excited i can't wait to wiggle <laughs> with her it's gonna be so fun. she gets so excited when there's other people around like she literally smiles no so you can't Aww. it's like hard to get mad at her she's like dancing around like wiggling she's like <laughs> <laughs> I wish everybody could see that. <laughs> That's so fun. But yeah. she's been acclimating well still, like mm -hmm. hanging in there, being a trooper. Yep. Yep. Love yep. This. I'm so happy for you guys. She's all good. I love it. She's getting spayed tomorrow or Thursday. I was going to ask. It's this week. Is she yeah. ready? We don't know. Oh, she, Yeah. No one knows. <laughs> and we never will. It's just going to happen one day. It's just happening. <laughs> so. Poor baby. She'll be okay. It'll be for the best. Yeah. I don't want to go through a dog in heat again. No, it's the biggest pain in the ass on the planet. It's they crazy. all over the place. Yeah. I can't believe that the previous owners didn't have her spayed. Because I mean, unless they were going to breed her, I don't know why they didn't. Um, because I'm like, wait, you guys dealt with this for twice a year for three years? Yeah. No, thank you. Ooh. Nope. 
It's not worth it. They have a child now. It's fine. Moving. I on. wouldn't eat with their child seven. <laughs> the other one's even older, probably like 14. Oh, <gasps> so I don't, I don't know. I just was like, yeah. It's for the best. We're done with this situation. It's for the best. So anyway. Yeah. Since I maintained uh, her not getting pregnant while in heat, mm-hmm. we have to talk about a different hoe. <laughs> right. Since, and I am um, ready. Since Emma's uh, out of hoe status. Yes. Well, we need to move into a hoe of history. So we've got one. I don't know. I feel like I should start with her marriages and children. <laughs> okay because she had six husbands jesus i can't even find six people i like i don't even have that my friend group is not that big yes correct <laughs> let alone six men i can tolerate jesus yeah. okay so she had six husbands she had adopted a child um she had a daughter and I think she then had a son. Oh, she for sure had a son. <laughs> it's just, it's wild. Like the amount, she eventually married her divorce lawyer. Okay. Talk about taking advantage of vulnerable people. Right. The lawyer well, of her. Yes. So she adopted a son, had a daughter, six Mm -hmm. husbands. Mm -hmm. What a ride. What a ride. (laughs) (laughs) So moving into her actual story, let me introduce you to Hedy Lamar. Okay. Hedwig Eva Maria Kiesler. She was an Austro-Hungarian born in Vienna. She was born on November 9th, 1914, and she actually passed away in 2000. So, like, Woo. she made it. Yeah. She made it through a bunch of crazy shit. <laughs> what, you might ask? Let me tell you. <laughs> do you, when you hear 2000, like the year 2000, do you only think of, like, Twilight Zone? Because that's what happens to me when it's, like, the year 2000. Yeah, wee, 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 wee. <laughs> I also think it's only, like, it was only yesterday that it was 2000. So there's that also. <laughs> yeah. But I can't not like put the sing songy again mm-hmm. into my head every time. Mm-hmm. Yes. The year 2000. <laughs> it was a ghastly year. <laughs> I was a junior in high school. Oh, God. It means I was a freshman. Fuck that. Anyway, so she was born in Vienna. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Only child of Gertrude and Emil. So her her dad was like Galatian Jewish and he was from the Austro-Hungarian Empire, which is now like Lviv, Ukraine. And he was the deputy director of two different banking systems. Her mom was a native from Budapest and she was a pianist from like an upper class Hungarian Jewish family. So they had money, they had education, 
Um, they had access to the arts, etc. Her mother decided to convert to Catholicism and raise her daughter as a Christian, although she was never actually baptized. <laughs> um, she was a beautiful woman and she was a beautiful young girl as well. At the age of 12, she actually won a beauty contest in Vienna. So during that I feel time, like 12 was my most awkward year. God, tell me about it. I don't. I, had, I think like, back to 12 and that's like sixth grade and I'm like greasy hair. You couldn't like get, you know, the body odor hygiene, right? I yeah. Don't know. It, was it was just like, like puberty. <laughs> Fucked you over puberty. Yes. And she's out here winning beauty pageants. But also like, like the videos of these chicks now who are like 12 years old and they're doing their TikTok dances. And there's like, I saw one the other day where it was these two chicks literally maybe 14 years old doing this dance they looked like they're way older and then it cuts to a home video <laughs> from our era yeah yeah <laughs> i've something. seen those too oh god it's so painful it is so painful but anyway. it also disturbs me a little bit how grown up kids are now yeah it's not comfortable it's like not the amount of knowledge they have about makeup and but also have you noticed it's only in the states primarily you'll see kids that are just way older than they should be really i guess i don't know enough but i find it a little bit disturbing it's super disturbing i'm they're like passable for 18 yes yes like how much more trouble can you possibly get into oh god okay so anyway (laughs) she did get in some she was a a little crazy herself so <laughs> um her dad actually was he played a part in her life he played a big part in her life he invested a lot of positive energy into her and so um he would take walks with her and actually teach her about how technology worked how the world worked how automobiles worked and she would eventually like learn to take apart her radio and how it, like put it back together just see like how it worked and all the inner workings and so she was very technically inclined mechanically inclined but then her mom also had her in like b- ballet and piano class so she was just like language arts mm. <laughs> As if language arts was a person so at the age of like 14 she forged a note from her mother and took it to the sasha film um company and got herself a gig as a script girl. So that's somebody who like ensures the continuity of scripts throughout the film, which I think is kind of interesting for like a 14, 15 year old girl to be like, I got continuity. I can do this mm-hmm. again. Not me at 14 or 15 at all. Like my outfits didn't have continuity, let alone my life. <laughs> <laughs> so um, by 1930, while she was at that company, she landed a role as an extra in Money on the Street and then a small speaking part in um, a Store in the Water Glass in 1931. She was recognized immediately by producer Max Reinhardt, who was like a German, um, like a German producer, producer, and he cast her in a play called The Weaker Sex. He was so impressed with her and the work that she did that he actually took her back to berlin she was younger than 18 so like i don't know if she ever saw her family again or not i have to assume so but her career like completely took off from there 
So mm. Max was a prolific producer and really well known in the German language theater scene. Um, she but she never made it into actually any of his plays. She ended up getting scooped up by another guy called Alexis Gronowski. He was a Russian theater producer, and she was cast in a series of films for him from thirty one to thirty two. Um, he ended up leaving and went to Paris, but she stayed behind and landed a lead role in No Money Needed, which was a com- comedy directed by Carl Bo- Busi, who was another German director at the time. So she like movies went a lot quicker back then. It seems like you could like produce a movie in a year or less than a year. Like it's not like it used like it is now where it takes years well, and years and yeah, years. Yeah, because you don't have to put in all the special effects and do the audio dubbing and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's so much less. So like the turnaround for all these films was quick. So she was in a lot of different things all at once. So in nineteen thirty-three, at the finally at the age of eighteen, she was the lead in the film called The Ecstasy by Gustav Machki or Machi. I'm saying that wrong. She was to play the part of a neglected young wife of an indifferent older man. I think he was like probably 30 years her senior. So why did she go super internationally famous from that movie? Oh, because the close-ups of her um, while she was supposedly supposed to be in the throes of having an orgasm and other brief scenes of nudity. Well, the film was called Ecstasy, so I just immediately was like... Assume, right? um, They're they're up in her (laughs) hoo-ha. So... So she was one of those that like didn't really fully give the truth all the time, maybe. Or if she did, others were like, she's not telling the truth. So we don't really know. But she claimed the director and the producer duped her using a high powered telephoto lens. Others claimed it was actually her, like other people that were involved in the actual movie making itself. So um, she didn't really fully trust the film industry <laughs> at that point. But she gained world recognition and won an award at the Venice Film Festival. It was considered to be very artistic in Europe, but the Americas saw it as oversexual, and it was actually re- it received a lot of negative publicity so much so that it was banned in America and in Germany. So remember, Hattie Lamar is actually a very famous actress from the American <laughs> film industry. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but now when it comes to soft porn nope or simulated soft porn anyway <laughs> so she was in another starring role for the show called Sissy it was a play about Empress Elizabeth of Austria produced in Vienna mm-hmm. it won more accolades and Hetty started to gain a lot of admirers so much so that they started to try to get backstage one that by the name of Friedrich Mandel was so obsessed with her that he eventually worked his way into her life. Now, he was an Austrian military arms merchant manufacturer who was the third richest man in Austria. She fell for his charm and more than likely the large amount of money that he had. I was like, is charm the new word for money? (laughs) It is. It absolutely is. (laughs) He was also in his 30s when she was just 18. So... Ew. yeah but i could see the him potentially still being handsome though oh yeah for sure like there's potentially something like, there i could see him being very charming and handsome right 
and you know because he's in the industry of war he's likely very capable of holding conversations um her parents did come and go at that point in her life they were not cool with him at all because he was connected to the italian fascist leader mussolini and hitler <laughs> like they were buddies Oi. she was unstoppable though she was like i don't care so on august 10th of 1933 she wanted the power yeah she wanted the money so in 1933 they wed she was 18 and he was 33 looking back now what the fuck so she had there was there is an autobiography it's making me think though about the latest info with bradley cooper and Gigi hadid oh god what is <laughs> happening now do i even care to know i like don't oh have they po- were spotted with their like weekend bags over uh coming back from somewhere in new york or whatever oh, like brother and they're 20 years apart and like yeah. in my brain this is what i'm picturing mm. for hetty mm-hmm. and her her man's i forgot his name already (laughs) frederick yeah so i'm picturing them as a bradley cooper and Gigi hadid in my brain (laughs) i can dig it i'm here for that (laughs) so um there was an an autobiography allegedly it was her autobiography called ecstasy and me later on she claims it was part fictional part fact there's a whole we'll get into it later But keep that in mind, this will resurface from time to time. So in the autobiography, Ecstasy and Me, she claims that her new husband hated her orgasm scene so much that it actually prevented him from letting her, air quotes, pursue further acting. So essentially, she was like a prisoner in her own home, she said. Um, He essentially wanted to have... Didn't this happen prior to them getting married, though? Oh, yeah. He didn't like it. He became a fan of her and then took her in and decided you were no longer able to be your own autonomous human being. You are now my toy. Yeah, I guess the way that it's being described makes me think that like it happened while they were together. And I'm like, but that's no. not accurate. No. He just is controlling freak. Because yes. He's got Mussolini. <laughs> and and Hitler in his <laughs> fucking back pocket. So... <laughs> Because he had close ties with the Italian government as well as Germany's Nazi regime, she noted that the dictators from both countries would actually attend lavish parties at the house that they lived in, like their house. He, her husband, was of Jewish heritage. Shamey, shamey. Mm. Shame on him. Mm. So it makes me think of our current days where we had Trump and then you'd see like, I don't know, some random black person that was like supporting him, even though <laughs> he was just like calling black people like by racist names two minutes ago. Like it's just, it's like history where repeats itself. Where, where are we? We're in the same place, different time. Okay, I got it. <laughs> right? But yeah, so he was all in for the loot, I have to assume. So she actually was allowed to attend business meetings where she was exposed to scientists and other professionals involved in military technology. Remember, she was technically inclined. Excuse me. Oddly enough, this is how she was introduced to the field of applied sciences and nurtured her natural talent in that time. Um, after four years of marriage, she had to call it quits. Like she could no longer do it. This man was genuinely just there for her to be 
a doll for him to take around, show everybody she was to be seen and not heard. She wasn't allowed to do anything. Um, so she decided she needed to separate herself not only from him, but the country because she just did not like the direction any of it was going in. So she stated, I very soon knew that I could never be an actress while I was his wife. He was an absolute monarch in his marriage. I was like a doll. I was like a thing, some object of art, which had to be guarded and imprisoned, having no mind or life of its own. So she was not into it. In, 90, in uh, 1937, she she fucking bailed. <laughs> we don't know for sure what happened. There's two stories. She states in her biography, Ecstasy and Me, remember, that she convinced her husband to let her wear all of her jewelry for a dinner party and then promptly disappeared right after However, others say that she disguises herself as a maid and fled to Paris. So, in, in 1937, you would assume somebody had more brass facts, tax facts about this, but we just don't. We don't know what really happened, and she never actually fully well, disclosed it. Well, because she can decide whether or not she wants to share that information. Right. Like, it's locked up with her. Right, which is it just it's so funny to me. She knows the truth. But she if never... she if she impersonated a maid, I feel like she'd get caught somehow. Like somebody would be tipped off, right? I don't know. Right. I don't know. She like maybe impersonated a maid to leave the estate and then, but you right. know. So however she ended up bailing, she ended up in London in 1937 and met up with Louis B. Meyer, who was the head of MGM Studios mm-hmm. in Hollywood. He was actually in Europe talent scouting. So he initially offered her a contract that gave her $125 a week and she fucking turned it down. However, your girl sussed out his flight, booked a seat, and managed to secure a contract for $500 a week while flying. Whoa. Get it, Hetty. So in turn, he persuaded her to change her name to Hetty Lamar to lessen her connections to her real identity and pass with ecstasy lady and shit like that. So she wasn't heady before MGM. She was Hedvig. Right. <laughs> Kiesler. Right, right. Right. Wow. That's so, interesting. What an interesting move to decline and then go hunt down. Yeah. Oh, fancy huh. seeing you here. I'm on my way to Hollywood also. Right bubble up the conversation again like all right you can see how she got she lucky is... there was a seat open on that plane well you can see how she works she's not as she's fucking smart and manipulative yeah. <laughs> like shit yeah so um the name hetty lamar hetty obviously is a, a ripoff of her actual name but the word or the name lamar is actually paying homage to um this guy's wife's favorite person in some situation so it came from somewhere it wasn't just a random name Mm. um in 1938 she took her uh he took her to hollywood and began promoting her as the world's most beautiful woman soon she was loaned out to producer walter wanger who made elders which was in 1938 it was an american french version of a film or american version of a french film she was cast as a lead with Charles Boyer, who was another actor at the time. So remember, male a- actors were very, very popular because they were the ones that got all the roles and they were allowed to speak intelligently and they were typically the saviors mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. Women were just accessories in movies at this stage. So she wasn't hired for any kind of 
ability to deliver lines or intellect. It was literally because she was absolutely fucking gorgeous. Right. And I'm sitting here going like, so she knew English well enough? Yes. Okay. She sure did. So um, apparently, though, when she appeared on the screen, everybody gasped at her natural beauty. The film created a national sensation and created anticipation in audience because she was this nobody low build cast from who knows where like they didn't really give a lot of you know you don't have a lot of google you don't have a lot of information on somebody she just appears in a movie you're like who the fuck was that and you don't have any way of getting information on there on her because there's no no information to be found to be had anywhere well there's no source to go find information yeah yeah there it is no google so (laughs) she was then uh typecast as the like typical glamorous seductress of exotic origin and remember this is in the 1930s so she was cast as different races <laughs> e. yeah okay. so she was in boomtown with three other better known stars that helped her gain her start um, boomtown made five million dollars so mgm immediately paired her up again with clark gable in comrade x which was um, filmed and released in 1940 it was a comedy she was teamed up again or then with james Stewart and you and- think about this you say those numbers and um wasn't it the great depression yeah hunter p um okay yeah yeah she te- <laughs> so then she teamed up uh with another guy called james stewart and come live with me in 1941 she played a Viet- viennese refugee so not a vietnamese a viennese vienna <laughs> she also started That's passable in, yeah she also starred in um zigfield girl in 1941 another with judy garland mm. and lana turner and it was a huge success it was so funny she, because before you said who you were doing the story on today uh-huh. i initially was thinking judy garland oh funny <laughs> yeah nope headley which I, there's a reason for it, and I didn't kick off with it because it's in her story. So um, she was getting a lot more notoriety. Again, two big movies in 1941 were released. And so she was still getting notoriety and ended up being top billed in the next film, H.M. Pullum Esquire, again, in 1941. So loads of movies were being produced in this time frame. Like, I feel like it took months, months. So she made two more films in 1942 that were very successful as well. So in 1941, she played an exotic Arabic seductress (laughs) in a movie called White Cargo and was top billed over the male lead, Walter Pidgeon. It was a huge hit. It contains arguably her most memorable quote in a film delivered with a provocative invitation. I am Tone DeLeo. I make Tiffin for you. What? Are you saying yes. another language? What's happening? No. Her name was Tondaleo. And she asked, I make Tiffin for you. In the movie? Yes. Okay. So it this line typifies many of her roles that she played. Remember, she was not cast for her ability to deliver lines. Yeah. So essentially she was always there to be emphasized for her beauty and sensuality the lack of acting challenges 
bored her to death almost. And so she took up inventing to relieve her boredom. So in her spare time while she was on set, she tinkered, she came up with ideas. She had um like she was dating a guy at the time called Howard Hughes. And oh, just some guy called Howard. <laughs> just some guy called Howard Hughes. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you got that. <laughs> <laughs> so she was dating him at the time and he really encouraged her to like invest herself into doing more scientific and inventive type stuff so she tinkered she came up with ideas for improved stra- traffic lights um she even created an idea for a tablet that could be dissolved in water and it would turn into something like coca-cola um <coughs> he would so howard would take her places and let her little scientific brain run wild he like would take like her like to museums and explained how like um airplanes worked and i'm like but how does how does a engineer like biospace guy i come across her path like how do they meet well she he was in the he was a producer too oh okay. yeah he was in the film industry so like he caught up with her it was like hey girl let's hang out and she's like okay but it was really more like she was dating him for intellect and not necessarily for lust or love because they never actually got married okay um but he like he she had an invention table set up at her house and he gave her like i said a small set of equipment to have while she was on set and her trailer so um during world war ii this was between I think in like 1942. Yeah. So in 1942, um, between the seductress and white cargo, like I guess acting also didn't take a lot of time. up. So like she was able to do a lot of this shit in her spare time. So she and her friend, George Anthal, which who, who was a composer and pianist, um, learned that, uh, radio controlled torpedoes were being intercepted by the enemy jamming signals they derived a plan to create a system that allowed users to hop around on radio frequencies to avoid the signal being jammed so the concept caught on and because he was um musically inclined she and ended up taking him and went to caltech introduced him to samuel s mccowan who was a professor of radio electric engineering she later employed samuel to implement the idea and she hired the firm lion and lion from la to essentially do her google work to figure out has anybody done this before if not let's apply for the patent she was later granted the patent um on august 11th 1942 and although it was never actually used so she never made a penny from it it was one of the crucial um, inventions that led to the creation of like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, GPS, and even cellular devices. It's it's claimed that it was one of the foundational pieces of that, but mm. you know, there's other technology that had come before that. So it's like it was definitely it contributed to it, but it wasn't like one of the foundational pieces. Mm-hmm. So uh, long story short, in 1997, caught all the way to the 90s, they actually received the Electronic Frontier Foundation Pioneer Award and the uh, 
Bowlby Nass Spirit of Achievement Bronze Award, basically given to individual individuals who whose creative lifetime achievements in the arts and sciences, businesses, or invention fields have significantly contributed to society. And then in night or in 2014, after she passed away, after I'm sure they both passed, they were inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. She was not only just a seductress on the on the golden screen, but she was actually very intelligent as well. So she like Mm -hmm. had well, she was smart enough to get out of Germany before World War II. (laughs) There's that also. So in 1944, she jumped back in and starred into uh, in a number of movies outside of the MGM name. Uh, she went back to MGM and was teamed up with Robert Walker in a romantic comedy, Her Highness and the Bellboy, in 1945. She played a princess who falls in love, and it was a very popular flick, but it would be the last film she ever made under her MGM contract. She went on to form a production company herself with Jack Sherdock, the guy who created Lone Ranger, the black and white mm-hmm. series that had about 182 episodes and produced two flops that were well over budget. So, like, she wasn't mm. good at this shit. Um, in 1950, she was in Samson and Delia. It was the highest grossing film of that year and actually won two Oscars. So, like, she kind of rebounded a little bit. She went back to MGM for another flop, unfortunately. So it never actually made it to production. She then went to Paramount for two more movies before her career basically was like over. She went to Italy and played in multiple roles and tried to produce her own movie, but actually lacked the experience that she needed to like push it through to the end. She ended up losing millions because she couldn't secure a distribution contract with somebody. So like she got to that point where it was ready and then she couldn't push it through the door, unfortunately. Oh, yeah heartbreaking that I sucks know. i know i'm sure it was probably a good movie so after that she was in a series of um movies she was joan of arc and erwin allen's um story of mankind which was a huge movie she did episodes at um zane gray theater and she was in her last film called the female animal in 1958 she was signed up to act in the film picture mommy dead in 1966 so like almost 10 years later but was let go after collapsing during filming from nervous exhaustion like really that poor woman was sick and tired let's be honest (laughs) jaja gabor replaced her So on April 10 of 1953, she was only 38 years old. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh. So obviously in the 66 film, Mommy Picture Mommy Dead, she was 48, 50-ish. So she was Mm -hmm. a little bit older. But... Mm -hmm. Uh, she was she was uh she became a naturalized citizen when she was 38 years old so um remember the biography ecstasy and me she said on tv that it was not written by her and much of it was very fictional she ended up later suing the publisher saying that many of the details were fabricated by its ghostwriter 
And she was then insert into in turn sued by Jean Reginald, who asserted the book plagiarized materials from an article he wrote in six in nineteen sixty five for Screen Facts magazine. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, you can't so, sue somebody and then also be sued at the same time for something you're suing somebody else for. Yeah. I, oh my god yes uh, right up uh, yes i just was about to say messy she oh like it's it's she's just messy after so in the late 50s she also helped like between all of these things she helped design and develop villa lamar ski resort in aspen <laughs> with her then husband howard w howard lee okay he was a texas oral man <laughs> he had money um, in 1966, Lamar was arrested in L.A. for shoplifting. Hmm. They were eventually dropped. And then in 1991, she was arrested again for shoplifting in Florida. She got caught stealing $21.48 worth of laxatives and eye drops. Oh, my God. That means that she, like, really needed that stuff. I Who knows? Right? She, Pled no contest to avoid a court appearance, and the charges were later dropped in return for her promise to refrain from breaking any laws for a year. Well, but she's like, what, in her 70s or 80s? Yeah. Um, In the 70s is when she started to seclude herself. Although she was offered work, none grabbed her attention. She was not interested. But in 1974... The film Blazing Saddles ran a parody of her name, Headley, not Hetty, mm-hmm. H-E-D-L-E-Y, which is something that I remember from my childhood. And so when I saw this, I was like, I have to. It's Headley. Yeah. yeah. I have to. So uh, she ended up settling out of court. She sued Mel Brooks, the producer. Um, he was actually honored that she came out of I was like, he probably liked the attention. (laughs) He did. Mel Brooks 100% did. He was honored she would come out of seclusion to sue him um, and stated that she never really got the joke. So it was a thing. Um, So yeah, in 81, she did move to Florida. Her eyesight did start failing. So that's, you know, in 91, she got caught shoplifting. More than likely, she was hurting for cash. She was (laughs) so happy. So in 1996, an image of her won a saw like a a magazine cover design contest for a software suite and it had been around for like several years beginning in 97 it was starting to get featured on boxes of software and she sued the company for using her image without her permission however the company countered that she did not own the rights to the image itself they ended up reaching um settlement in 98 for an undisclosed settlement so basically saying the artist's depiction yeah. is not her property and she can get fucked. <laughs> oh my God. Our legal system. I know. It's still this woman's face. Right. That's insane. So <laughs> she was. Can you imagine you just like, you know, 
scrolling through stuff or whatever like because nowadays that's what would happen is you'd scroll through instagram or something and be like hey <laughs> that's me <laughs> <laughs> exactly like, oh look at me go <laughs> but wait who are these people <laughs> <laughs> the fuck so she was honored with a star of fame or star on the hollywood walk of fame in 1960 she was selected as the most promising new actress in um 1939 she uh let's see she was voted the 10th best actress for her performance in samson and delilah in 51 the british drag queen fufu lamar <laughs> passed away in 2003 originally took a surname from the actress when embarking on uh his little performance career there mm-hmm. um she in 2006 the hetty lamar wig was founded in vienna and named after the actress it was the 12th district court i think something like that they um the university of vienna installed a quantum telescope on the roof and they named it after her in 2014 and let's see you didn't really tell us like who she had the kids with and who the six husbands were though well i'm getting there <laughs> it was i had to do it in chunks because it didn't it they didn't have it timelined in her career i didn't have unfortunately the time to like put it all together that way how i normally the do want to call it yeah so um she became estranged from her older son oh she also she passed away on october 9th um or, I'm sorry, January 19th. She was born October 9th. No, she was born November 9th. January 19, 2000, <laughs> she passed away. I am assuming from like natural causes. She secluded herself so much so that she would spend like hours on the phone every day, but would never actually see people in person, not even in her final years. So like she was, she was very much in seclusion at the end. Um, she had heart disease and she was 85 and her son, Anthony spread her ashes in Vienna's woods in accordance with her last wishes. And then a memorial for her was unveiled in Vienna's central cemetery in 2014. So Lamar, she was estranged from her older son, James, when he was 12 years old. Like, their relationship ended abruptly, and I think it's because he was adopted. So let me go down there really quick. So, yeah, she adopted a child during her second marriage, Jean Markley. And I think basically, like, she adopted him and then left him with Jean. And then when she married John Loder, he was an actor they had a daughter um, and a son, Anthony, and he was actually featured in the film 2004 documentary for Calling Hedy Lamar. Um, she divorced him and moved to Ernest Stauffer, who was a nightclub owner. Things just kind of got worse. She was then married to Howard Lee. He was a Texas oilman. He actually ended up marrying film actress Jean Tierney later. And then at the end, her sixth husband, Louis, 
was her divorce lawyer. <laughs> So in 1965, her string of marriages and divorces ended and she remained unmarried for the last 35 years of her life. And she, yep. She claimed her first son was not biologically related and adopted during her marriage to Jean. So, um, oh, weird. Okay. So it says here years later, her son found documentation that he was the out of wedlock son of Lamar and actor John Loder who she later married as her third husband. So again, unfortunately I didn't have enough time to go through it. However, um, she became estranged from um, James when he was 12. Basically their relationship ended abruptly and he moved in with another family and they didn't speak again for almost 50 years. So she even left him out of her will. When she passed, he sued for control of the $3.3 million estate left by Lamar and eventually settled for $50,000. I'm surprised he had anything. Right. Well, I mean, he proved out he was her biological son, so they gave him something. So shout out to womenshistory.org and Wikipedia for supplying us again with all of this history. And fun facts. I wish I would have had more time to go through and get like all of the information on her marriages and relationships because she definitely man hopped. Um, she also passed away in Florida. Yeah, I mean, but it's just sad though that like she had all those relationships and then none of them stuck. And she was alone, yeah. Yep. So, um, pop culture, I'm just going to run through the Wikipedia stuff. She, um, so they named the villain in Blazing Saddles Headley Lamar, and that's why she was upset. Um, she was mentioned in A Little Shop of Horrors. She was, <laughs> they had a, head crab in a video game named after her her son anthony was in a documentary um there was a play called frequency hopping that featured the lives of lamar and george while they were going through their um like invention she had a mockumentary where um the irish scientist main character is supposedly modeled after hetty and and the list goes on there's all kinds of different shit in here that she had been noted for in some way shape or form that she inspired mm -hmm. and (laughs) since i mentioned it in 2015 on november 9th the 101st anniversary of lamar's birth google paid tribute to her um her work in film and her contributions to scientific advancement with an animated google doodle Mm. those are fun (laughs) you haven't made it till your google doodle (laughs) i know shout out where's our romance google doodle (laughs) (laughs) and even in just recently in 2023 a dance production called hetty lamar an american muse was made in her honor by lindsey rickles mcray it looks like in a, that was down in uh 
Gadsden, Alabama. So yeah, Hattie Lamar, y'all. Hedvig. So crazy. <laughs> she was just full of vigor. All over the map. <laughs> or as grandparents used to say, full of piss and vinegar, that one. Yep. Oh, God. Full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> Which is... I'm still stuck on this whole flight situation she truly was just like there's nothing for me here it doesn't matter i'll just get on this plane yeah <laughs> i'm a hustler baby <laughs> i know so she had patents she had ties to hitler and mussolini she was on the golden screen in hollywood and then became a recluse <laughs> i feel like it's a tragic story of child star <laughs> It is, in a sense. In a way. I agree, yeah. I would agree with that for sure. And the fact is, like, she wasn't really a child star per se. She was... No, no. She I guess it in... follows the trajectory, though, of yeah. her being so young when she became so popular. Right. Because then, her like... popularity initiated in Europe. So America was, like, a different wave. At that point, she was an adult. Well, so. I was going to say, like, she got to forget her sorted past and re anew <laughs> start anew she pretended to be a whole new person a whole so. ass new person <laughs> <laughs> that's why huh. i said i'm literally like she got on that plane going well i'll just see where we land and who i'll become <laughs> if, if anything i'll be in america so there's that yes <laughs> yeah just like I I wish I had, like I said, wish I had more time to really understand who she was deeper as a person. Cause like the fucking audacity <laughs> and I'm using that in the kindest way possible for her to like track it down, figure it out and just be like, hi, remember me? Oh, you're here. She probably played, you know, coy. Oh, right. Fancy meeting you here. Where are you going? <laughs> right. Right huh crazy but 500 a week man that's comparative so compared to the 125 he offered i mean that's quite the negotiation right what happened on that plane she showed him her tits <laughs> i was like my high club <laughs> i don't know she had to flirt her way into that contract she genuinely don't understand it i know i mean i don't like to diminish women down to no i'm saying it because those... she was manipulative as fuck I know, but I, I I don't like to diminish women down to like the fact that they did a flirtatious ploy or some sort of hookup or something. But yeah. Yeah. um, he clearly was enamored with her. her beauty and she used it to her advantage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. We don't know. <laughs> the world may never know. But she did it. Hetty did the damn thing. Jeez, Hetty. Mm hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Absolutely. Lots of name drops. There's This episode was full of name drops. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Judy Garland, Hitler, all the same fucking conversation. <laughs> all tied together by a One woman lady. from Austria. Who was an inventor. <laughs> and, and fucking drop dead gorgeous actress. Like who knew? who knew yeah not me so thank you for informing me <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> uh 
Right, is well, it Atta Girl time? I was going to say, I believe it's time for the girls of Atta. <laughs> um, Atta Girls are where we pat ourselves on the back for something good that we've done or something good that's happened to us. We just like to end on a positive note. And I can't believe I didn't use this for a previous Atta Girl. I told you very briefly before this um, episode started, I gave you a little quick history of the fact that I have been battling my side storm door and it won. And so I got locked out of my house (laughs) and it won. And, um, I'm proud of myself though, for like not panicking. And it, I believe it was within the first week of having Emma, the new dog. And Mm -hmm. so like, that's even more hectic is that you don't have a phone, you don't have your keys the dog everything's inside you're the only one outside yeah. <laughs> god it feels like the 90s all over again just pure panic i know but the thing is like i'm not silly enough to not have a spare key or to have people who have spare keys it's just that that's not what's going to help me in this scenario <laughs> <laughs> well, the barrier for the door is the one that's the problem I the door that um is the legitimate door that you put the key in is open. <laughs> so I uh ran down to one neighbor's house where he's retired and usually home. He was not. Uh then I ran to the other neighbor's house that I didn't want to have to talk to. Um and <laughs> I borrowed a uh, Phillips head screwdriver that was part of a combo tool. Oh. So um, it was just, you know, what she could find. And uh, then as I'm unscrewing the molding or trim or whatever you call the the door that's attached to the jam, um, as I'm unscrewing each screw painfully slow... <laughs> Another the the neighbor that lent me the screwdriver is watching from her oh, port. Well, course. actually, she's talking to me about other things that have the ah, you know the comfort of her own home. And Emma is barking her head off because she can see me but can't get to me. And then another neighbor comes and she's walking a different neighbor's dog. And um, she walks up and is just talking to me about normal stuff. As if she doesn't see that there's a whole scene happening here. And I, or actually, you know what? I wasn't unscrewing the door, the screws yet. She walked up and I had the screwdriver in my hand. Okay, here we go. (laughs) As you start to screw things. Yes. And so then I'm like, she's asking me about Emma and stuff. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to finish this combo after I actually get into the house though. And she's like, oh my goodness. Like. Can we, can I help you? And I'm like, well, I guess we could try calling the first neighbor that I went to because like the car was outside, but they just answered the door. I was like, because if this unscrewing thing doesn't work, I'm going to need like a, I'm going to need a more forceful hand here. (laughs) Method of entry. (laughs) Need to dial a friend. And so then there, the two neighbors are chit-chatting. The dogs are barking like the dogs in the neighbor's house, the dog that the neighbor, the other neighbor's walking, my dog, like it was just a lot of chaos happening. And I, of course, 
did my normal duck move that I do where I am calm on the surface and just like the little duck feet are pitter pattering inside. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as the one neighbor like is leaving the voicemail, I pull the door open and so I was like, false alarm. <laughs> the <background>. awesome. <laughs> she hangs up and then she's like, you're very resourceful. <laughs> love it. I love it. It was a chaotic 30 minutes. Yeah. Just like the chaos of your, um, your driveway. Just chaos. Yeah. The construction chaos at the end of your driveway. Just 30 minutes. <laughs> panic. <laughs> Yes, where I thought that I was trapped in my driveway because there was a giant hole dug into the road and my end of my driveway cement torn up. And I was like, how am I going to get out of here? Mm -hmm. That time. <laughs> panic, panic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'll just drive over my neighbor's yard. It's fine. Should uh... I do that, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then this whole time I'm like in my head going oh, I told this guy I'd have this stuff for him by the end of the day, right? And it wasn't like it was my emergency. It was his emergency that he made right. mine because he asked me to do it last minute. And I'm like, sure, no problem. Except for you need to be able to be in your house. So then I still got it done, but I sent it to him. I'm like, sorry, this took me longer than expected. I got locked out. <laughs> He's like, yeah, likely story. <laughs> I'm glad you made it back in and that you met your deadline. <laughs> I did. At a girl. <laughs> uh, what a scene. Anyway, you're so, at a girl. <laughs> I at a girl is not nearly as exciting or eventful. <laughs> um, the funniest part is that I'm by myself like 90% of the time. Right. And I work from home. Like the majority of my life is boring. <laughs> right. And then these things happen and it takes and you. And then somehow every week though, I still have a story. <laughs> the pendulum just swings really hard in the opposite direction. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So I, <laughs> I am at a girling because I was so productive on Saturday and Seth surprised me with Lions tickets and we went to the Lions game on Sunday. I was like so productive on Saturday. I could actually enjoy the game on Sunday because I wasn't thinking of all the things that I wasn't getting done because I wasn't at my house. <laughs> nice. Yes. So I was pretty stoked about that. I'm not going to lie. I'm mean, like by productive. I mean, like I not only did house chores, but I actually did some extra work to account for some time I'm going to be out of the office because I'm going to go visit my sister and my mom and like that that work was produced at a high caliber which I was really proud of and then like all the work I got done in the house was done I was just I was just really proud of myself really celebrated on Sunday it was a good day okay yeah you were moving and grouping yep yep didn't get this homework done but I got a lot of other shit done <laughs> <laughs> Well, add a girl. And then I got this done on time. Booyah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to enjoy the game without thinking about your garden. Me too. My <laughs> garden still is producing, by the way. 
I'm giving up on it this weekend. It's the final weekend. We're ripping her out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I well, know. If you like what you heard today, again. please rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Yeah. If you'd like to submit a hoe of history for us to review, then you can contact us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles or send us an email, homancepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we still have a Facebook group, closed group, that is running amok. Um, the Homance <laughs> Chronicles, a judgment-free zone. That's true. And you can get your Homance merch at NicoleBonneville.etsy.com. Do that. Do all of those things. If you want merch, if you find something that we've said to be incredibly hilarious, and you just let us know. See if we can't make that happen for you. <laughs> <laughs> Homance out. <laughs> <laughs>